Hey folks, Gavin Roth here with episode 22 of the Roth Revenue Podcast. This is the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing, where I sit with sponsorship marketing leaders to find out their story, their mentors, their insights, and personal and professional development advice. This episode's featured guest is Tanya Witte, Director of Sponsorships and Regional Marketing at Rogers. Tanya is a recent Five to Watch nominee and oversees the sponsorship portfolio and activation strategy of partnerships across Rogers, one of the biggest brands in Canada and certainly one of the most active sponsors in the country. Highlights from our chat include how Tanya parlayed a love of sport and coaching into a career in sponsorship, the mindset and approach she employed to land the job at Rogers 12 years ago, how she has patiently navigated through constant change at Rogers and how that change has allowed Tanya to reinvent her role every couple of years, the growth of Rogers' NHL sponsorship strategy during her tenure, how Tanya and her team can leverage the power of the media properties Rogers owns and operates to amplify their sponsorships, how Rogers has expanded beyond sport and into music with Live Nation and a partnership with Pearson Airport. We talk about Rogers' new brand platform, Make More Possible, and how it is all about human connections and how it gets integrated strategically through Rogers' partnerships. A neat little story about how brand ambassador Connor McDavid uses Rogers to stay in touch with a special member of his family. We talk about the importance of measuring the engagement and ROI of sponsorships. Tanya shares insight into the amazing Rogers hometown hockey platform. We discuss trends and innovations, including AR and VR, and the imminent launch of the game-changing 5G network. And we wrap with a deep list of great personal and professional development advice that includes mindfulness, self-advocacy, and pushing yourself beyond your comfort zone. I hope you enjoy. And for more episodes of the Roth Revenue Podcast, follow me on LinkedIn, Visit Spotify, SoundCloud, or check out RothRevenue.com. Absolutely thrilled to be standing across the table from uh, Tanya Witte, who is Director of Partnerships and uh, Regional Marketing at uh, Rogers. So thanks for taking the time. No problem. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, so, you know, you were important uh, to, to um, have on because uh, Rogers is such a big brand and, and touches so many different properties, so active for those those who don't know, I mean, between in, in the sponsorship community in Canada, and I'm not telling you this, I'm uh, you this. I'm telling the listeners. Um, really, it's the telcos and the banks that 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 just have the resources to really lean in and 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 take their pick of the crop. And so you guys really have such a rich history, and um, you you were uh, in charge of sport partnerships, but you recently pivoted to um, all like non-sports as well, right? Uh, so I'd love to just get um, your your path in. Uh, you've had a few roles here, Rogers. What drew you into the space, and then uh, we'll 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 kind of roll from there. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, so for me, I mean, and I'm sure like most people that you talk to that are in this sponsorship space. Um, I grew up with a passion for sports, both playing and then um, my university background was around human kinetics and sport marketing. Yeah, I saw that, human kinetics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. dreams one day of being a doctor, but... So is that different than kinesiology? <laughs> it's it's kind of the same yeah. thing, to yeah. be 
honest. Yeah. Um, spent way too much time playing hockey and training than I did studying. So that, that the science side of it dropped off and I continued on with sport management, which I absolutely loved. And how do you take sort of something that you're really passionate about outside of the office and merge it in with work? And it's like, hey, all of a sudden this could be the perfect storm. And that that's really what's rung true for me today. Um, I, I really feel that we spend so many hours either at work or thinking about work that it consumes us. And I want to love what I do. Um, And working in the the sports sponsorship space has really been just that. So so many people would would kill to get into that. So what happened? So you know what I started, I did it. The best thing that any career advice I could give anybody is take that internship. And you you have this feeling when you get out of school and you've done your degree, you've probably for most people done postgraduate, which I did. And you Mm -hmm. think, well, I've done enough now. I've served my time. I want to make money. That's enough. Um, But you know, you, you need to just take one more mulligan and yeah. get out there and make connections. Yeah, I took a few and, of those yeah. this weekend. Thank you. Yes. 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 The golf yeah, guy. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think put in your time and get in, do an internship, meet people in the industry, but more importantly, I think employers see that as work experience. Yes. So I was lucky enough that, um, for those of you that know Devin Smith at the NHLPA, yeah. he took me in and we, you know, spent six months together working on NHLPA goals and dreams fund and the golf tournaments. And that's really what sort of gave me a leg to get started in the industry and went from there. And I I really wanted to work in amateur sports. So Mm. I went to the coaches association. I have a passion for coaching and Mm. specifically coaching hockey, which I still do today. And a lot of people don't even know there, there is an NHL coaches association, right? There is now. Well, well, and you might've been talking about more broad. I was, but there is an NHL coaches association. Michael Hirschfeld, who's the, the yeah. head of that, and uh, we've had a number of conversations. It's uh, they're trying to grow their their brand, right? They are, yeah. And yeah. I think doing a great job, yes. like in its infancy, but yeah. I think a lot of great work we'll start seeing out of their shop for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then moving from the coaches association, I actually ended up coming to Rogers. So twelve years ago, which so is, just saw something like saw a posting, saw a posting, and yeah. hard to believe, but people do get hired that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you lean on like a network to kind of help you get closer your your resume to the top of the pile? Yeah, I didn't know anybody here. Yeah. I really didn't. But I came in for the interview, and I was That's young, awesome. and you know, didn't have a ton of experience. But I think you know, again, knowing that this is a path. It's sort of that energy and enthusiasm shows through and being able to show, you know, the experience you had both at more of the junior ranks, but also what do you do extracurricularly to help kind of feed into where this is going to go. And it all sort of worked out. So at first I started in sort of more as like a specialist and really just in the sponsorship space for sports. Mm -hmm. We only had a couple properties at the time working on, I think, the Leafs at the time and the Raptors, mostly the MLSE properties. Mm -hmm. And then we started acquiring like the the Canucks. Mm -hmm. Um, I took a couple mat leaves and sort Mm -hmm. of in and along the way, our portfolio, we kept growing and growing. And it was a space that I wanted to continue to grow with. And the, the nice thing about Rogers, and this is either a blessing or a curse, as you may well remember, mm-hmm. is, you know, this company is always changing its course. And as much yeah. as, you know, technology and connections are at the heart of what we do, um, the strategic priorities are always changing. Mm-hmm. And it basically allows me to reinvent this role every That's kind cool. of 18 to 24 months. So That's cool. don't really have that same need to move. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were, our portfolio is growing, our strategic priorities are changing 
changing. And then the media assets that we have here from a Rogers standpoint are second to none. Yeah, that's the side of the business I spent a few years on here. And yeah, no question. Great, great. And Sportsnet. I mean, seeing that, you know, Take the off. rise of Sportsnet, right? Exactly. Yeah. So when you kind of merge all of those things together, it mm. becomes really powerful and it's it's hard to leave. And it's more, yeah. how do you keep building and how do you keep growing? And fortunately for me, I mean, we've done a lot of new acquisitions that I've now been able to really be at the heart of mm-hmm. negotiating and whether that's kind of now getting out of the sports space and expanding, as you touched on at the beginning, my portfolio changing into the, the non-sports space around music now with mm. Live Nation and the airport around mm-hmm. the GTAA, which has 50 million passengers a year Unreal. is, you know, and it's like, you know, those are really interesting and different and, mm-hmm. you know, other commercial and corporate partnerships that we have. And then also the regional lens. So I think for me, it's been really interesting to sort of get to grow and it's not traditional anymore to kind of have that ladder. Everybody else does the jungle gym and they say the jungle mm-hmm. gym is what you need to get ahead. But I've heard that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really popular here at Rogers. It's, you yeah. know, you need to be able to take Bounce lateral around. moves to try and get to where you're going. But yeah. for me, I, I would rather kind of stay the course. It's not about chasing the title as yeah. quickly. And it's more about literally loving what I do every day. And, you know, eventually the titles always come. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as I'm being challenged and I enjoy what I do, yeah. then for me, awesome. I would rather stay um you know on on um your we talked briefly before we came online about uh, rogers has this tagline about make anything possible is that make more possible make more possible sorry yeah. should know that and that's that's a great um, message and positioning statement to be able to bring to life through things like travel yeah. through sport through music right um, what you know, the evolution or the 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 genesis of that um, that positioning statement, and mm-hmm. how you then kind of approach a property and look for ways to make it. Because I read in your LinkedIn profile, it stood out about that that um, you know showing up in authentic ways, and that's the magic in partnerships yeah. and sponsorships is keeping the consumer in mind, not only your brand needs and making yeah. it relevant to them, right? For and sure. They're, they're, they're therefore going to think more highly of your brand. Exactly. Yeah, so talk about that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Make More Possible is our new brand platform, and it launched, you know, probably about 16 or 18 months ago now, and that's really given us this consistent platform across everything in our business, and um, now the ability, I think, to show up in a consistent way is really helpful, and I'll be able to show consumers what we stand for and it's really all about human connections Mm -hmm. and how do we enable people to make more possible in their lives it's not how we're going to make more possible for them it's how we're going to help them make Mm -hmm. more possible and sure some of our products and services really allow them to do that and to make those human connections whether it's staying in touch with your loved one and I'm sure you've seen the the spots some of the amazing spots Mm -hmm. that have been put on air recently around you know you might be parked on the side of the road but you can still always be in touch with your Dad, right? As a father of two daughters, (laughs) that ad is really, really cool. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, you know, we even joke about it with like, you know, I'm talking to Connor McDavid and it's like, he still video calls with his grandma. That was a name or, drop, by the way, no, folks. Let me just I pick think, up how that. Do you do uh, it yes. in, how do yes. you do it in our sports context, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. And how do you show it doesn't matter. You might be the dad of two daughters on the side of the road or yeah. you might be a professional hockey player that's, your grandma can't come to your games anymore. Yeah. And I think it's just, that yeah. is, that holds true in so many aspects of all of our lives. So that's been a really great platform 
platform for us to leverage across all of our properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for us, you know, having that authentic role to play and not trying to force fit our business priorities where they don't make sense. So yeah. for us, it's certainly about making connections with people through our brand platform. And, you know, people surprisingly don't love their telcos that much. Yeah. <laughs> We're I, trying to change that. I, I always defended uh, when I was here. I mean, I always said, you know, there's a, in my experiences, whenever I had issues, were never, I think it just became sport, right? Yeah. To, to, to say it. But really, when I push people, so it is really as bad as you're making out to be, you know, but we expect so much. So much. It's part of the fact that we are so connected to our devices, yeah. right? And, and it's expensive. Yeah, it, it is, is expensive. It is expensive. Right. And, and I think, so how do we use our, our properties, whether they're sports or non-sports, mm-hmm. to connect with consumers in meaningful and relevant ways yeah. that really demonstrate the role that our brand can play in their lives? Yeah. And hopefully their takeaway when they leave us is actually that we do more than just give them an expensive bill every month. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and help them understand a little bit more how we can enrich their lives. And and you, we talked briefly about uh, IMI and Don Mayo, mm-hmm. our mutual friend, who also we'll have on a on a podcast coming up. Um, how you measure that you are helping them, helping consumers. I imagine that's a part of these, part. these properties. So you take on a property partnership yep, and then you insert that uh, tracking and research and data collection. For sure. And I think that's definitely one of the things over the last 24 months that's really changed the most about my role. Um, and to be honest, has really reignited that spark around like demonstrating mm. ROI on sponsorship is so difficult. And we yeah. all know it's it's not about rink boards anymore and media no. valuations. Not just med- Impressions. It's no, not, no. And it, but it's hard to make your CFO understand why you're spending all these millions of dollars mm-hmm. and what is it actually doing for your business? Because for us, it's also hard. It's hard to help show conversion on a long-term purchase purchase category that people usually have 18 months in the mm-hmm. consideration set for. So one of the things that we've been working really closely with Don and the IMI team on, who are just yeah. fabulous yeah. at this, is figuring out okay, so how do we want to measure sort of the emotion, the attitudes? the behaviors of the consumers that we engage with? Mm -hmm. And then how do we equate that back to some of the brand tracking and brand work that we're doing sort of company-wide around favorability, engagement, and consideration? And sort of now being able to look at those drivers and figuring out if you're aware of our properties, does it make you like us more? Does it make you want to consider us more? And does it drive you to do any additional behaviors? Whether that's go online, into a store, um, engage with us on social, anything at all. So I think for us, that's been able to be a bit more of a, a successful way to demonstrate the role our properties are playing to our business. Yeah, well said. Um, let's shift to um, mentorship. It's a, one of my favorite topics. Um, have there been mentors of yours? Uh, I'm sure you also get approached by some, you know, I was going to say young folks. I'm talking to a nominee of the, the five to watch here. So, you know, it's not like you're old either. Um, talk about mentorship. Yeah, you know, so for me, what I've actually found, and I know this is a little different than some people, I haven't had that one person that's been with me throughout the way. Um, I've actually been fortunate enough to work with a number of great people Mm -hmm. um, sort of throughout the ranks. And what I try and do is take 
the best of each of them and see if there's ways that I can incorporate that into what I'm bringing to the table. And, you know, I, I think back to the, the first person that's been so influential in my career is Peter King. And I am Peter. <laughs> Boy, right? Yeah, it's been a while since I've, I've connected with Peter. And, and he's, he's, he's still he's, here, Roger. What's he he's doing? Le- he's leading our CSR portfolio right, right, and sort okay. of what is that next generation yeah. um, of going to look like for us. I had heard Um, that a while ago. I'm glad he's still doing that good. Yeah, but he's also a really big sponsorship guru. And I would say, you know, the work that he taught me around contracts and asset management and values and sort of just sort of structure overall Mm -hmm. around managing assets and really those fundamentals Mm -hmm. were paramount. And that's never left me. And I think me now trying to instill that in my team and especially people that are just getting here, um, I, I take take a lot of the lessons that he's taught me um, and a guy that also just had such great values and such a straight shooter yes no no BS yeah, you know I always appreciated that with Peter I whenever I came to him with some proposition I would always think carefully is it strategic is yeah. it on target and he'd, he'd always give me the time of day and and just just rounded feedback instead of a, a no or a yes it was just some some rationale so I, I respect it and appreciated that yeah and then I would say you know Nigel Scott who was my last VP he like you know even though that was a short time the way that he really thought about creative expression and yeah. how to engage and entertain and when you think about partnership marketing and really mm-hmm. about that how do you connect with consumers or fans yeah. in ways that are meaningful and relevant to yeah. them and it isn't just about sort of those dots and spots it's how do you actually like have that emotive connection with mm-hmm. him and that's something that was so different than what I had taken away from Peter that yes. I felt like it was really helpful to help round out sort mm-hmm. of my approach um, and then now with with Drew Stevenson I mean you know he leads all of our brands here at Rogers as well as our data and analytics mm-hmm. and insights teams and I would say that sort of the ability to to really understand strategy and the foundation um, that data and analytics play in helping create that and that cool. that strive for pushing us to demonstrate ROI has really been something that I think has helped take me to the to the next level so having bits and pieces That's from a awesome. few key people is Agreed. helpful good good um sponsorship initiatives um yeah. you know there's been some you've worked on uh, it's like asking somebody to pick their favorite <laughs> child or whatever but um anything that stands out that you'd love to shine a light on Rogers hometown hockey hmm. without a doubt that. yeah I haven't heard yeah, of it yeah, come yeah. on what is that yes <laughs> I hope everybody's yeah. heard of it well I was and I was here <laughs> when here. that that started and and totally. to see it and now from an arm's length to, to watch the evolution has just been remarkable. I love the fact that it's such an ambitious yeah. program and commitment by commitment. Rogers that uh, I'm just thrilled that it continues to, to grow. And that's one of the ones, Gavin, you know, that, that we've definitely, you know, back up to the 10th floor every year to kind of demonstrate the yeah. role that this plays, not just in our department from a brand standpoint, not from a revenue standpoint, but really about connecting to communities. And our CEO, Joe Natale, is really around community engagement mm-hmm. and taking a much more regional approach to our business. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing better to do that than Rogers Hometown Hockey 20 
24 stops. We go coast to coast mm. every single weekend, you know, engaging with communities and families, and they're spending upwards of three hours at a time with us. Um, we're getting people out in minus 20 degrees yeah. and beyond, and that's all culminating with this, like, weekend festival. And then the power of broadcast, back to what we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. you know, the benefit of working at a company where you have assets like Sportsnet, yeah. mobile broadcast right there every Sunday night with Ron McLean and Tara Sloan, and it creates this special, special property that I I just think is so unique and differentiated. And for me, I mean, you know what it's like working in a big corporate behemoth. And I think the the I guess the power of being able to have a property that really is about community connection yeah. and yeah. really I think differentiated than the properties that we have with the NHL or yeah. the Blue Jays or Rogers Cup or any of those Which things. Which tend to be rooted in massive urban centers, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like this feels really rural, really connected and it just it's something that people just love and it creates a long lasting impression. That's cool. So That's cool. It's been great, an awesome great, property. Great example. Um, things that you've noticed maybe outside of Rogers Walls, that uh, sponsorship programs or initiatives, they, you say, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's funny. A couple of people on my team lately have been showing me a lot of work that's taking place um, over in Japan and Korea. Okay. Um, some really interesting things that, you know, exactly the opposite of Roger's hometown hockey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, Are you these know, those crazy game shows? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is like much yeah. more like rooted in technology and the idea of, you know, obviously AR and VR has come so far. Yes. And Rogers is all about early adapter and technology. So we, we mm-hmm. did a few of those things a few years ago. And yep. We've kind of moved on from them Um, and I I would say that you know some of the work that we've seen around again how do you use your phone and this Mm -hmm. device that Mm -hmm. we all are so connected to um, to actually experience something and some of the work that we've seen is really around holding up your phone and looking like this dragon is flying across a stadium and it it's doing this whole almost like pregame show the way you'd expect at an NFL game Um, but you only see it if you're using your phone and it looks lifelike. So, it's, so these are these are uh, fans in an arena, and then they look at their device, they and they're getting this experience this, on this, which wow. looks like it is honestly multi millions of dollars worth of production, and yeah. it is so lifelike, like it's yeah. happening. Yeah. So, I think you know, for me, I found that's like a wow, like yeah. never been. And that seen fits before. into that AR space. Is that that pretty much the augmented reality space? Yeah, virtual reality. Yeah, space. yeah. For and sure. when we think about you know, for us, the next big thing here is 5G and the yeah. role that that's going to play yeah. in yeah. changing consumers' lives. So yeah. how do you think about these really unique ways to connect people through technology with things mm-hmm. they haven't seen before? Mm-hmm. I think those are the things that have been jumping out at me as of yeah. late. It's been, a, it's been a, a kind of a choppy experience to get the true rich content. Yep. Now with 5G, it's, it's a game changer. It's going right? to be a game changer. And I've heard your CEO, Joe Natale, mm-hmm. talk about it. And uh, I, I know it's going to be a feature at, at at Pearson at GTAA, but yep. um, I think for gamers, for the esports community, uh, for AR VR, um, and then it's yeah. How else do you do you bring that to life, right? So you guys are perfectly suited to do it. So it'll be exciting. What is that? 
going to manifest? Like, when are consumers going to feel the the benefits of 5G? Yeah, so we're, we're sort of in more of an awareness phase right now where we actually are out of places, so collision taking place. Yes, and, right you know, now, we're out yeah. there right now with, like, a big, huge demo showing people, like, we're calling it our 5G-connected city mm. to help make just, I think, a little bit more traction around what does this mean to you? And people yeah. hear 5G, they don't really know what it means. So I think, you know, spending some time out there with education and demos and creating content around, again, sort of just contextualizing what might be possible. Yeah. Um, so I think, though, from a consumer standpoint, it looks like 2020. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So good, we're getting good. close. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, trends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you'd be a good person to ask. Um, you know, I always, uh, I tend to look at it uh, from what I call the buyer-seller dance, right? I've always been on the side of, of representing properties. You've been on the property side or on the, the sponsor, side, on the brand yeah. side. Um, what are you noticing in that dynamic between properties and brands? Any trends that stand out? Maybe even some trends that aren't tied to the buyer-seller dynamic. Sure. I would say from a property standpoint and, you know, being on, sitting on the brand side of things, I would say our expectations have changed. Like what people want out of their properties mm-hmm. is so different mm-hmm. now, right? And it isn't really about what's written in the contract, yeah. right? So it's really around how do you create these partnerships with the people working at those properties, mm-hmm. make sure that they really understand your business objectives and your key priorities, mm-hmm. and then help make them feel like they're in this with you. And yeah. how do you guys find ways, you know, if you're at the property side of things, find ways to help deliver on what we're looking for. So in a way, you're almost briefing them. Mm -hmm. And we're coming up with ideas together, so much more collaborative, rather than, here's your asset list, and how are we going to check it off on a status document And then everybody kind of goes away, and they start executing, you get caught up in your business. So is that like regular hygiene checks? Is that funny? It's a term that that a former Rogers executive uh, (laughs) used, and I loved it. Uh, Regular check-ins and all that. Yeah, and I think, you know, really in the off-season planning. So yeah. it's, you know, like already, um, my teams, they've already started on the, hey, what do we need to achieve with the NHL next season? And that's all rooted in the data that we've gotten with our yeah. IMI partnership, yes. right? So here's our property scorecard. Here's what it's done. Here's where our gaps are. Based on that, what do we want to do next season? Yeah. And then kind of taking that and regionalizing it with each of the teams, talking to the league and saying, all right, so here's what our strategy is. Mm-hmm. Here's what our KPIs are going to be and what we need to deliver. And here's some gaps that here's we've noticed, gaps. right? So let's let's now that we've talked yeah. about it, let's both take it away and figure out what that could look yeah. like in partnership and then come back together in three or four weeks yeah. and almost do a bit of an idea share and then find what are these intersection points where one plus one really can equal three. So yeah. if another partner, partner is trying to get data collection and one of our priorities is lead gen, then what's a really unique way that we can do that together where mm-hmm. that's amplified rather than us doing our own program and then doing their program? And you know what I used to see and not not that long ago was that work was done but there was this reluctance to, to share, to share oh, and yeah. collaborate, right? There was almost like a, a fear of, of, of uh, having those brave conversations and, and I think that those days have to be gone. They have to be gone. Right? And, and have these fluid, iterative Partnerships that that build, grow, learn, you know, yep. adjust together, right? You're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah, like I definitely see that is the biggest kind of change and trend. And properties that are open to working that way, or even are helping drive that type of an agenda, mm-hmm. are the ones that are certainly more successful and that you you're happier to work with. Yeah, yeah, well said. Yeah. 
Um, let's end on with some personal professional uh, development advice. You know, I love to just pick people's brains about what are their personal habits that um, they lean on or they use to just be the best version of themselves. Oh my goodness. I think, mm. you know, I would love for you to give me some of those yeah, tips. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know if I have yeah, that figured yeah, out. Yeah. I, I definitely feel like, you know, especially at this stage I'm at with, you know, two kids that are, you know, seven and nine. Um, I do a lot of coaching from a hockey standpoint. Yeah. We all have busy jobs. Like I definitely feel right now I'm doing a lot of everything and yes. I'm not sure I'm excelling at anything, but yeah, I'm trying yeah. my best. And I think, you know, for me, um, something that's really important is, um, really being great at multitasking, but being able to compartmentalize. That's because, a great term. Like, compartmentalize. Because sometimes it big, feels big overwhelming, believer. right? And yeah. I mean, it's, it's easy. Everybody says, well, you just need to be able to multitask and juggle a million balls at once. And it's like, great, I, I can manage that. Yeah. But then it's being able to actually like focus and be yes. a bit more mindful yes. and compartmentalize what each of those tasks are. So the balls are still in the air, but I'm actually dedicating enough headspace to each of them so that I feel like you're doing enough of them justice yeah well said i love that i i can't say i've gotten it right though no and it's a it's a constant uh um you know challenge that but this idea of of setting almost mini milestones Mm -hmm. instead of looking at the task as such a big gargantuan task and breaking it up into pieces that's compartmentalizing and and the word focus is you know, it's a big term I use in, mm-hmm. in my uh, sales training workshops. I say, if you want to be successful in selling, you need to dedicate time to prospecting. And to do effective prospecting, you need to focus yeah. um, and, and be mindful as all the terms I use, right? So that you're you're finding and be curious. Absolutely. Find insights and strat- strategic fits so that yeah. you're not just going on autopilot and 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 just doing things in like a like a you know kind of like a zombie you know exactly yeah. so so that's really good and and professional development um, you talked off the top a little bit about it but let's wrap there um, mm-hmm. any any closing thoughts to yeah you know I, I haven't ever been a big conference person so apologies to those that that always that are <laughs> yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I think for me conferences are great from a networking standpoint um, for me though where I really get the most professional development is is on the job and yeah. really looking at how do I push myself to be uncomfortable and to to be able to feel confident going into situations that are new for me or Mm. being able to always take on these new tasks and see them through and bouncing ideas and um, I guess just thoughts off other people in the Mm -hmm. industry Mm -hmm. and then trying to apply some of that thinking to being open to doing things different and that's that's where I've experienced my best growth personally Mm -hmm. um, more so than don't get me wrong I go to conferences and I take some courses and all that stuff but that is really kind of for me the tip and trick that has worked the best and has I think pushed me to get the most growth professionally well it's all around you right and uh, if you embrace it and and ask questions it sounds like you're a curious person Mm -hmm. and that that's a great attribute it's funny on conferences whenever so I used to go and then I'd have lead teams where people want to go and 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 having been and and known what the pros and cons are just what I what I would say is if you're going I'm going to ask you to come back and summarize what you learn because yeah. too often it's just people go and then we move on and we don't talk about no. it. No, well, and they don't invested, think about it anymore. Correct. We've invested. So 
I'm going to yeah. almost force you to to step back and say, what did you learn yeah. that can be applied to our business? Because this sure. is a, if we're funding it as an yeah. organization, I think you have the right to ask those who are going. And it made me challenge myself to think about what am I learning here? Yeah. And if I feel like I'm not going to learn anything, why go? For right? sure. But yeah, I mean, if you're in a sales BD kind oh, of my, role, totally networking is, 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 is great. Totally different. But that's a challenge with conferences. You, you talk to people like Mark Harrison with, with Sponsorship X. They really, and he's, even SMCC, it's, the goal is to get as many brand people out because yeah. it's, it, is, it is skewed to properties. It is. And, right? I, and I sometimes find as the brand, like you really feel that. And mm-hmm. it's just your yeah, Mark's yeah. All the conversations that you're avoiding in your email, you know? Tanya Witte walks (laughs) in the door. It's like everybody's planning their attack. (laughs) No, I'm really big, though, on, um, for sure, I would say, um, growth and development for my team. And we spend Mm -hmm. a lot of time um, here on our professional development with each of the team members and really making sure that you're thinking about what is that formula and, you know, the the percentage of time that you're spending in terms of, like, actual, Mm -hmm. like, courses or conferences, then that percentage of time that's on the job training, and then that percentage of time that's also just like online tools and reading. I know you mentioned you're an avid reader, and it's like, how are you getting some of that stuff on your own? But then really, it's that combination of all of those three things that will Mm -hmm. really help you in your professional development and making sure everybody has their own plan. And I always tell people, you know, like, you're you're your own best advocate. And if you don't invest the time or the energy in thinking through, what do you want to get in the short term, sort of that that next window around that one to three year plan and then that longer term three to five and beyond yeah. if you can't figure that out or put the time into it nobody else can that's help it. you you got to be your you, own biggest advocate no question it's a uh, last thing i'll say on that is when i was here and you mentioned yeah. that there's always change in the rogers world yeah. and we were going through massive uh, corporate restructuring on the media side and a lot of people were worried right and the, yeah. the natives were restless and and um, i remember sitting down with our head uh, lead on the project, uh, we call it project in HR, and she said something to me that resonated. She says, if everybody, if anybody's nervous and unsettled, just tell them to stay relevant. And it was that term <laughs> that, that every executive should take. If you don't think you are being relevant... Um, and if you're even questioning it, chances are you might not be. And that's all about, am I delivering value? Yeah. Right? Am I doing, am I taking initiative? Am I, you know, putting myself out there, taking on stuff, asking questions, and not being high maintenance, mm-hmm. right? But that term about just stay relevant. Stay relevant. Uh, always question yourself, am that's I a good one. being relevant? And, and you'll be okay if you if you can, you know, work that out, right? For sure. Yeah. That's good advice. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. No problem. Thanks for having me. Pleasure.